This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you there. All of them are completely free. That's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. So, uh, we're back from our trip, a very brief trip to New York City. Just literally got in minutes before uh, the show started. Had a a great time at the offices of bitinstant.com last night. Really good conversation. Uh, Some really smart people involved in bitinstant.com. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed that a lot. So, uh, we'll be here, of course, to take your calls about anything. Uh, Whatever might happen to be on your mind goes. 855-450-FREE. Of course, uh, Brad Jardis joining us as he does every other Thursday as he is in the middle of a busy campaign. Trying to run for sheriff, and uh, you just got yourself a big endorsement, Brad. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I I just got the personal endorsement from Sheriff Richard Mack. Uh, He's the founder of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Uh, He's a graduate of the FBI Academy, and he's a constitutionalist, as every government employee should be. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot about uh, Sheriff Mack as I was kind of coming up in the Libertarian Party world. I guess he was actually a, an elected Libertarian sheriff at one point. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Um, his uh, huge claim to fame is that he beat the federal government when he uh, was the sheriff in Graham County, Arizona, uh, over the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act, which required local police chiefs of states to execute federal law he took that to the supreme court and won mm. and um it's a pretty uh, important win for uh states rights absolutely well congratulations on that endorsement uh, of course i'm sure as more develops in your campaign you'll let us know i know you've been doing some door knocking and that's been successful for you and it's your first political run well right? i ran i ran for uh, state rep uh, back did? in 2008 but i was working oh, okay. like 40 to 60 hours a week so i didn't really campaign too hard i uh i think i came in fifth for four seats out of six people so i didn't win but i'm planning on winning this time cool all right so our number here tonight 855-450-3733 how many sheriff seats are there in uh, coas county there are 10 in new hampshire one per county yeah i'm just kidding okay (laughs) so you're former law enforcement officer you spent uh 11 years on the force in uh, in new hampshire as a uh, you know a police officer You've got a lot of experience when it comes to that realm. And we've got a couple different uh, stories tonight that have to do with law enforcement by chance. Uh, Mark, you're going to tell us about some winery operators that have run into some trouble with uh, enforcers of some sort. And also, apparently, uh, there's news from Florida about a police officer that has finally actually been fired for slamming a woman into her car. We can give you those details, but you can also take control of the airwaves here. 855-450-3733. First, an update to a story that we brought to you, I think it was less than a week ago, probably was, I don't know if it was this weekend or when it was, but remember we were talking about uh, Tony Nicholson. He is a basically a quadriplegic, completely paralyzed from the neck down. He has to uh, blink to communicate with people. He described his life after suffering a stroke in 2005 and being paralyzed, he's 58, described his life as a living nightmare. And he lost a high court decision in the UK to allow him the right to, or the, not the right, but to allow him to have doctors end his life. The, uh, the ability to choose in what way, in what manner his life is ended as what you would think should be a self-owning human being. You would think that we own each you know, we own ourselves. It seems pretty self-evident that that's the case, but you've got 
Supreme Court, and in this case, high court decisions over in the UK, saying that that's just not the case. The court's decision was basically that this would be not in the best interest of society if uh, this man were to uh, allow to be allowed to off himself. Well, these these court decisions are are you know not just in Europe or uh, other parts of the world. Here in the United States, there's only one state where you can end your life uh, with a physician's assistance. That's and that, Oregon. Right? That's Oregon, and. You know, I understand people are very, very passionate about this particular issue because it has a lot to do with religion and faith. And and people um, who believe very deeply in these things don't want to uh, offend their faith. But, you know, that's not the reason the court did, though. The court's decision was uh, from the, the basis of this is not good for our system. It's not good for our society. Well, they didn't bring up religion. Well, I mean, the the courts themselves interpret laws that are based on religion. Um, because you know most of the things that happen in the House of uh, House of Commons or the House of Lords are similar to what happened here in the United States Congress, and uh, people who are very very religious uh, tend to uh, introduce things and vote their conscience uh, into uh, into government, and that creates lots of problems for individual liberty. I agree with you. There are definitely uh, some religious people that don't like the idea of someone taking their own life, which. I think is really insensitive. I mean, this guy is living, he describes his life as a living nightmare. Uh, He has, by the way, the update on the story, he's taken his own life. And you have to, we were talking about this before, like, well, he he can't do that. Yeah, we said he couldn't take his own life. He has no limbs that can move. He can't possibly make any sort of action uh, to take his own life, but he's he's outsmarted everybody. He uh, just decided not to eat. And this... I wonder. Uh, death by starvation is certainly one of the most painful ways to die. It's got to be awful. I, I wonder um, if you are a quadriplegic, can you feel the the hunger pain that is uh, in your abdomen if if you are detached from the lower regions of your body? Yeah, I, this guy could do. Apparently, he couldn't even speak. He could all all he could do was blink. So, oh man, you know, I mean, he was in pretty bad shape. It'd be hard to imagine he could even feel his stomach, right? Yeah. According to the story here, he refused food uh, starting as of last week. He went downhill quickly over the weekend, having contracted pneumonia. She added that uh, Jane said that after Tony received the draft judgment on the 12th of August, refusing his claim uh, from the court, the fight seemed to go out of him. He said that he was heartbroken by the high court decision and that he could not end his life at a time of his choosing with the help of a new doctor. He couldn't understand how the legal argument on his behalf could not succeed. Because when we had first talked about it, he had said that he had gotten his hopes up about the court case because he, he, he sort of knew that he shouldn't get his hopes up, but he did anyway because it's he felt like to. he had such a good case. It's hard not to. He couldn't uh, understand how it couldn't succeed. She said he had told her two days after the ruling that he was crestfallen, totally devastated, and very frightened. He had added that I fear for the future and the misery it is bound to bring. I suppose it was wrong of me to invest so much hope and expectation into the judgment, but I really believed in the veracity of the argument and quite simply could not understand how anyone could disagree with the logic. Logic need not apply here. These are government courts. <laughs> right. They will and do what's best for them. They don't care about the veracity of the argument. They really, they, they, they frankly don't care that much about their laws. They'll interpret their laws how they please. He says, I guess I forgot the emotional component. Said Mr. Nicholas Mc- Mr. Nicholson had made an advanced directive in 2004 refusing any life-sustaining treatment. His family had earlier updated his personal Twitter account. The messages said, you may already know my dad died peacefully this morning of natural causes. He was 58. Before he died, he asked us to tweet, quote, goodbye world, the time has come. I had some fun. So, 
There wow. Goes. I didn't expect that to happen. And, uh, you know, I don't blame him. It sounds like it might have been a terrible way to go, but at least he didn't have to live the rest of his life with this awful condition that he described as a living nightmare. So well, I guess he just had a terrible week instead of a terrible rest of his life. With uh, with all due respect to uh, people who object and whose religions do not allow this, I, I believe that uh, a gentleman like this, in this circumstance, it's a basic human right to uh, be able to stop suffering and... You know, well, I think it's uh, I, you know I I, th- I think it's I think it's cute how you uh, care what um, you know other, the voters out there might think about this, but uh, you know, frankly, I think they should get their business out of this guy's life. I mean, this is just sick to tell another man what he can do with his life. I, I, you know, I promise not to t- tell you what you can do with yours as long as you don't harm me or mine or you know, frankly, anybody else. All I care about in this guy's uh, life is justice. Well, I mean, but people are so. Uh People are so passionate about their religion that they they uh, they don't see past this, and that's sure, th- sure. Th- these government policies are based on people's religious beliefs. A hundred percent. So it, it's it's a very delicate issue, and uh, there's some people's religions out there that say that you can eat somebody else's head. I mean, I just don't <laughs> care about your religion. It, you know this. So your religion managed to make it this far. Well, there's there's still plenty of them out there that are crazy religions that were tossing people in volcanoes and stuff like that. That doesn't make it right. That's a fact. More to come here. Your calls welcome about whatever's on your mind, whether it's the right to die or whatever you want to discuss. 855-453-1855-450-3733. We'll tell you about the vintners, uh, the winemakers that are under fire by government regulators and enforcers. We'll share that with you in moments. Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great play rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals were harmed in the making of this advertisement. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of these airwaves here toll-free, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we have for you. There's a lot of them. We give them away. Uh, In fact, you get to create the the content on the site. You can submit whatever you want to it. Uh, So you find something online, think that uh, it's interesting, maybe it's a YouTube video or a blog post or news item, you submit it as show prep, and then other listeners can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike uh, the suggestion that you make, and then the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site, meaning more people are likely to see them and talk about it. So this case uh, that we were talking about before, the right to die case with the man who was a quadriplegic, has taken his own life as a result of not eating so it's certainly a creative way to go. I hadn't really considered that as an option, but I guess he's got uh, he's got plenty of time to to, uh, to think because he yeah. can't do much else. Came up with some ideas, I guess. Yep, and uh, that I got that right off the front page of our website. So it's thanks to one of our listeners for going there and adding it to our show prep list. So uh, go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Once again, freetalklive.com. It's brought to you by SACL, C-A-I. Free Talk Live uh, brought to you by SACL. They are doing a great job at doing collections. And they can do it for your, uh, your company because I don't imagine that's what you got into your business for. Certainly not what I got into mine for. And so let SACL handle it for you. They'll do it with respect in a way that will actually 
probably keep your customers down the line and get your money back. So once again, you can visit SACL CAI through their banner at the top of our banner column, which you'll find at freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and to your thoughts. Chris, uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist in Georgia, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello, guys. Hey, I'm on my way to the Ron Paul Festival this weekend. Awesome. Hey, that's cool. Now, uh, is, so it's all still going on. I heard there might be a hurricane coming your way. Ah, the heck with those hurricanes. We're going to have some fun. Well, you know what? Back in Florida, we used to have what they call hurricane parties, and uh, so it sounds like that's going to be a good time. Well, we're going to... We'll find out. I'll report back later. Um, Right now, I'm just driving my way down through there. Of course, I'm taking the the Corvette down there that... Got to have a Ron Paul Corvette in a Ron Paul festival. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to the Ron Paul campaign, uh, Mark told me off the air, and this was shocking to me, that Ron Paul is advocating that people uh, not support him at the, the convention. I don't know what that's all about, but I would tell people this. Don't believe everything you hear, okay? I mean... There's a lot of misinformation going on out there, and there's a lot of uh, playing around behind the scenes and people saying stuff and trying to throw people off. There's so, a lot of that going on. Yes. So, yeah, Mark, did you hear that directly yeah. from Ron Paul? No. Or uh, you just heard it through the rumor bill? Some kind of, some kind of news on some kind of website. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So I, even if I heard it directly from Ron Paul, I would take it as uh, something maybe said tongue-in-cheek a little bit. You got to realize when you're playing politics with the big boys, sometimes you got to be a little deceptive. I'm sorry, being honest 100% of the time doesn't cut it when you're trying to pull some strategy. You can't, it's like playing poker. So, you can't be honest about the cards you're holding. So, so then, to, as far as you know, Gene, from your contacts with uh, various Ron Paul activists, uh, is this still going on this weekend? Are they still going to vote for Ron Paul at the Republican convention, as has been discussed previously with the idea of people just saying, screw this, I'm not going to vote. Even the people that are supposedly bound for Mitt Romney, apparently they can't be forced to vote for Romney. So what do you think is you know, going to transpire? Will there be people voting for Ron Paul? Is there a chance he could possibly pull this out at the last minute? Well, of course, I don't have any direct connections with anyone, but from what I can see by just uh, posts I've seen on the Ron Paul forums mm-hmm. and people, Ron Paul people that I know of, Ron Paul people do not change their minds easily, and they're not, you know, they, they don't sell out. So uh, if there's a chance to nominate Ron Paul from the floor and vote for him, I guarantee you it will happen. Uh, the Ron Paul people aren't going to sit down and shut up. So he has to be nominated to, in order to receive votes? I thought people were already bound to vote for him from different states. Um, I'm not sure about the, the bound delegates, how that works, mm-hmm. but I know that you can't be nominated unless you're supposed to, well, I guess you can be nominated uh, uh, without having a plurality of votes, but if you have the plurality in five states, then you're automatically put on the ballot. And then, and then you can be voted on. But I guess even if you're not on the ballot, uh, people can, if you got enough votes, nominate you. I'm not sure about the process. Did he did he not cross that five state threshold? He did, but then the Republican Party threw out a bunch of the delegates, which brought it back down again. So hmm. the Republican Party is doing their dirty, nasty tricks. So the shenan- they're up to the shenanigans again, trying to do whatever they no can there. To, uh, to keep Ron Paul and his supporters out of this convention. Now, is it true that Ron Paul's not even going to show up at his own festival? 
He will not be at the Paul Festival, but there's the event on Sunday that at the uh, Sun Dome or whatever, and he will be there. What's that? Is and, that part of the the festival, or what is that? No, that's actually put on by Ron Paul, and I guess the 11,000-seat Sun Dome is completely sold out. Oh, wow. And and I, I say sold out, but it's not really... All the tickets were free, but you had to register online to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. And uh, so apparently they have... Uh, filled all 11,000 seats. Ron Paul is putting this on with the, uh, whatever, the $3 million that he has left in his coffers. Oh, and, that's uh, cool. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that he's going to be, be doing there. something for all of his supporters that are going to be coming down there, because, you know, the the rumors that were going around that he wasn't even going to attend his own festival was uh, was pretty it's disappointing. disturbing, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad to hear yeah. that there is a special Ron Paul event for all the all his supporters who've, who are going to come down there, because... You know, these people have really made his campaign. It wasn't Ron Paul. It doesn't so much, seem like him to do something like that, right? Either. So much as it was the supporters uh, that uh, that really made his campaign. They created all of the outreach tools. They created everything. I mean, you're you're driving the Ron Paul Corvette. Anybody that Google's the Ron Paul Corvette will uh, will see pictures of it. It's an incredible uh, outreach tool, mobile advertising, unlike you'd ever seen for a politician. And it's it's outstanding. So, Gene, when does the when do the festivities kick off down there? Is it tonight or tomorrow? Uh, kicks off today, and you're gonna have to give me a little break here because I just got pulled over. I oh think my I'm goodness! A speeding ticket. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, good on, luck. On record them, Gene. Yeah, grab your yeah. hang up with us and uh, hit the record button. And we'll talk to you later. Good luck, man. All right. Thanks, thanks. thanks for the call. Right. Oh boy. I hope he makes it to Tampa, 855-450-3733. And if you're going to be in uh, southwest Florida tomorrow or this weekend and interesting things are happening, whether it's outside or inside of the convention or at the Ron Paul Festival, sure would love to hear from you. Give us a an inside scoop as to what things are like. What sort of shenanigans are the Republicans going to try to pull at the last minute to, let's see, keep the Ron Paul supporters out physically from the convention? Uh, stop them from speaking, stop them from doing any kind of protesting or outreach. They they yeah. will inevitably have some sort of cards up their sleeve. It, it sounds like uh, all these rumors probably, you know, now that they've been spoken out into the ether, it sounds like all these rumors really were did come from that same Republican rumor mill. I mean, why Maybe. in the world would Ron Paul not uh, attend his own festival thing? And why would he, you know... You know, why would he people to vote suck for the wind out of his uh, supporters' sails? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And that's why when you told me those things, I was so shocked. Uh, 855-450-FREE. And I also have heard that in regards to this convention thing that – and I don't know if it's true. I just saw a headline that apparently they cleaned out a whole jail in preparation for the Republican National Convention. Why Tampa. would they need to do that? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. We've got a webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. But if you're a naughty chatter, our chat operators will send a kill signal to your router and destroy your internet connection. Because of the Patriot Act. We <laughs> we have that authority. <laughs> Some guy sent an email complaining about what allegedly happened in the chat room last night and made some sort of claim that you or one of our other uh, chat operators, because we've got a handful of folks that uh, very generously apparently love the whole chat room thing and they love to spend time in there and and help out and kind of keep things uh, cool and calm i think it was our Uh, friend andrew he has that technology i've seen it (laughs) this guy is so paranoid that he believes there's some sort of chat command or something like that that could possibly be sent to his router in order to fry it in his words that's what we do we don't kick and ban people who are disruptive we fry them fry you out of the internet (laughs) We're going to turn off your internet. <laughs> yep. So go to cam.freetalklive.com, but be good. Cam.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, you can bring up anything, of course, uh, that you want. And Free, uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at uh, achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with other people who think like you. Uh, you, you know, It just makes sense. It's a, a tactic that works, and you can see... How dedicated uh, Free State Project participants are. Mark, we were in New York City yesterday, and aside from the people that kind of live in the New York City area, there was one guy from Long Island that had come in, and you know, people from that general region. One guy from Utica was there. Everybody else at the uh, Bit Instant party was from New Hampshire. There was one Last guy from time. Massachusetts. Oh, really? Gavin Anderson. That's right, and he's he's close though. He's he's come to visit us before in in New Hampshire, but you're uh, going to make him an honorary Free State Project member. There was a good portion of participants there. Well, I would say about ten percent uh, that were from New Hampshire, which was pretty cool. Just, G- Gavin is the like one of the top guys with Bitcoin, isn't he? I mean, one of the appointment. Yep, he is one of the uh, the major uh, programmers that uh, contri- contributes. We talked to Gavin last night on the air. So if you want to hear a whole lot more about Bitcoin, just listen to last night's archive, which you can download over at Free Talk Live. Dot com. Anyway, freestateproject.org is the way to go if you love liberty and you want to actually achieve it in your lifetime. You've got to get together with others who think like you do. Uh, so go to freestateproject.org to learn more. Hey, here's the news about that jail in uh, Hillsborough County, Florida. According to examiner.com, as part of security preparations for the Republican National Convention, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, as well as the Tampa Police Department and various other federal and state agents, have planned for any disruptive or possible dangerous conduct by clearing out most prisoners from Orient Road in what ABC called an unprecedented move. This is actually in actuality a part of a larger plan to affirm safety and security for citizens, delegates, and visitors that has been in planning since 2010. The jail's been transformed, able to handle a thousand additional arrests with color-coded chairs and a live video feed to judges at the Falkenberg Jail, where the prisoners from Orient will be temporarily housed. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office states the following. There will be arrests. The question is how many? We are prepared to handle any number of RNC-related arrests through our Orient Road Jail. Now, Hillsborough County is a pretty big place, but I doubt their jail is designed for a thousand people. I just, I can't imagine it's, it's that big. But maybe it is. Either way, they've managed to clear the entire jail? 
who did they let out of jail in order to <laughs> to, uh, to clear protesters? Room? Well, if you if you look at what happens, typically uh, typically violent offenders are let out to make room for the nonviolent drug offenders because mm-hmm. of the drug laws. So you know, might as well uh, might as well let out some violent people and make room for the protesters. This is pretty scary stuff. They remember, could have shipped them off to nearby counties. Do you remember back, uh, I think it was in 2004, we had reported on, uh, I think it was 2004. Anyway, it was during one of the Democrat or Republican conventions in New York City where they they arrested hundreds of people just for being in the road, basically. There wasn't anything that was particularly protesting-like going on necessarily, but the police uh, decided that they wanted to clear a road, and so they took uh, they took. I don't, I don't know what you call it. It's like this construction, this or, you know bright orange construction fencing. Mesh. Uh, yeah. Mesh fencing. Yeah, plastic fencing. And they took that and they kind of ran it across a road. And then basically anybody that was caught within that zone was essentially uh, handcuffed, zip-tied or whatever, and put on buses and taken to an old abandoned train station where they were held for hours and <laughs> hours right. and hours without access to a restroom where the basically this train station was old. It was shut down. It was polluted. They had oil and stuff like that all over the floor. It was really, you know, terrible conditions. In yeah, which somebody, somebody wrote a blog post about it and it was eerie. There was a little bit of video that, uh, that snuck out, some photos that people managed to keep their cameras. They were confiscating people's cameras and things like that, but some people managed to smuggle their cameras in there and were able to take really creepy photos of people that were essentially penned up in they they'd actually installed fencing in this old train yard with like barbed wire on the top of it and were literally holding hundreds of people in this old train uh, train yard and so now they've cleared out an entire jail here in 2012 in Hillsborough County preparing for the Republican National Convention it's pretty creepy and so they go on to talk uh, to uh, blather about their uh, how prepared they are, and it's basically this article is essentially a, a puff piece for the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Although the police acknowledge protest zones, they cite civil disturbances as a main focus of their plan. The term itself, civil disturbances, could be perceived as vague in nature, defined by our government as any incident that disrupts a community where intervention is required to maintain public safety. While riots are an obvious example, the use of civil disturbance could be used in various contexts not outlined by the HSCO. So if they decide they don't like you, they could very well round you up and at least hold you. You know, that's one of their tactics is maybe they don't have anything to arrest you for. Maybe they don't actually have a criminal charge they can throw up against you, but they can still just take you. They can still, as we saw with the Brandon Raub, uh, and there's, by the way, an update on his case, the uh, former Marine who was arrested basically for saying unpopular things about the government on Facebook. Yeah, they called him crazy, didn't they? Yeah, and there's, there is an update in that case. We can get to it here in a little bit. But they uh, basically locked him in a crazy ward for the weekend, and then on Monday a judge ruled that he had to stay in the crazy ward for another month. Yeah, they do that. In, they, excuse me, they did that in the Soviet Union. If you speak out mm-hmm. against the establishment of government, they call you crazy because – you know, you have to be crazy to speak out against the establishment of government, right? You know, you kind of do because they will hurt you, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it's just kind of interesting what they're doing here. And of course, as uh, 
as news develops around this Republican National Convention, we'll continue to bring it to you. And please do uh, contact us here at 855-450-FREE to let us know what your experience is if you're down there. I know a lot of people from the Liberty Movement are going to be converging on uh, Tampa this weekend, so it should be interesting. That uh, detained Marine did get out from the psychiatric hospital. Is that true? Because I'd heard, a, I was reading a news story when we were driving back from New York City, Mark, this afternoon that said that a judge had found that uh, there were no valid charges against him, and uh, but he wasn't in attendance at the hearing because he was still in the jail, or he was still in the, the crazy house. Circuit court judge has dismissed the government's case against Brandon Robb. And but ordered- there was no case, right? They never charged him with anything. I don't know what to tell you. Businessinsider.com. Does it say he's been released? It, they, it says that they has dismissed the government's case against him and ordered that the Marine veteran detained over the anti-government Facebook post be released. Okay, that's good to know. I'm, gl- I'm glad so, to hear that. I don't know if it's true. The version of the story I saw didn't say he had been released so or will be released, so that's good. I hope he sues them for $100 million. I hope so, too, but is, are, is there liability when they take somebody based on the, the Baker Act or whatever they're called, where they can just uh, take somebody into a crazy ward for several days on, on essentially the flimsiest of pretenses? Well, the constitutional requirement is the same as it is to arrest somebody, which is probable cause, but then the legal standard to keep them there is lower than to sentence someone uh, or to find someone guilty for a crime. You just need a preponderance of the evidence, meaning fifty one. it's 51% likely that he's crazy to keep him there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, hopefully they have some substantial evidence, but if not, he should definitely sue them because, you know, hitting them in the wall, it's the only way that's going to change it. Do you agree that uh, he never should have gone outside to talk to them in the first place? Uh, I honestly don't know the uh, the facts of the story. They came up, did a knock and talk. He came outside, talked to him, and then got a, got uh, taken away. It probably would have been more safe to talk through the door. I wouldn't talk to him at all. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But if you must talk to him, yeah, keep something in between you and them and keep it locked. It's Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends. This is Tim Cummins. I was just reminded about you and thinking about how awesome you are. And it's just incredible that whenever I hang around you, I just feel good now. And I'm reminded about how every day and every way you're getting better and better. And I think about how VerbalSurgery.com changes you from the inside out. So check out my podcast at VerbalSurgery.com. Live, you are invited to take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. And don't forget, uh, you can join us over at uh, freetalklive.com. we got a bunch of archives and all that. But it's all free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, you can uh, go and download whatever you want. You don't have to log in. You don't have to uh, jump through hoops. They're just there free. Click and download. Uh, and if you like that, then you might want to support the show on a voluntary basis. We've got the AMP program that allows you to do that for as little as $3 per month. And you get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast, which doesn't have the usual uh, commercials that our regular podcast does, as well as the AMP-only forum and more. Get the details, get signed up, because it makes a big difference when you become a Free Talk Live amplifier for us. It uh, allows us to do 
outreach and uh, get on more radio stations. Uh, we're already looking at going out to Los Angeles uh, this fall for a talk radio convention. We've uh, purchased tickets for that, so that's happening because of the Free Talk Live uh, AMP program. So thanks to listeners like you. Thanks so, to listeners like you. Yep. So go to, or you, if you are an amplifier. So go to amp.freetalklive.com if you're not yet, and we'd appreciate it. So our number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. Uh, we've got uh, the story about the vintners coming up here in a little bit uh, regarding, uh, apparently, these winemakers are getting cracked down upon. Uh, we'll tell you where and, and what's going on uh, with that story. But since we've been talking about Florida, as Gene, the Christian anarchist, called in with his uh, it was kind of on the road on the way to the convention, the Republican National Convention, kind of his update from the road. We'll give you a story out of Florida from ABC News where a Florida police officer actually is, has been fired. This hardly ever happens. I mean, you, you almost have to murder somebody on video to lose your job as a police officer these days. Unless it has something to do with sexuality. There's that possibility as well. In this case, it wasn't actually a murder, but it did have to do with video. A veteran cop was fired and charged with criminal battery after officers reviewed a video of him slamming a woman into her car in Pensacola. Quote, we have certain expectations of our police officers, and when I looked at the video, I was disappointed because I felt like that didn't stand up to those expectations, according to Police Chief Chip Simmons from Pensacola Police. He says that we determined that what we saw in the video was inconsistent with what our policies allow and what our statute allow, uh, state statute allows. Dashcam footage shows Officer Christopher Garachi telling Abby Bonds to get back in her car before he grabs her left arm and swings her body into the side of the car, causing her to fall to her knees and bang her chin against the vehicle. I'm not fighting you, Bonds, 29, is heard saying as he cuffs her. Why are you hitting me? Garachi has been had been responding to a hit and run, and a witness identified Bonds as a dri- uh, driver who struck two vehicles with her white Chevrolet before driving away, according to the police report. When Garachi found her, her car was disabled and had red and gray paint on it that matched the other two cars she allegedly hit. He wrote in a report that when I made contact with Bonds, she immediately began stating that someone took her car and she was chasing it down the road on foot. He added that he could smell alcohol on her breath, had watery eyes, and slurred speech. After the alleged slamming incident, Bond submitted to field sobriety tests and performed poorly, according to police reports. He arrested her and took her to the jail. She also told him, I was trying to crank the car where I found it. She was charged with leaving the scene of an accident, failure to yield, no proof of insurance, and driving under the influence. So, she's not a winner, necessarily, but that doesn't mean that she should be physically abused during the process of an investigation. And uh, Brad, you you look concerned as a, a former police officer. Well, watching this video that you that you have right here, um, I mean, it looks like she started to resist arrest um, when the officer had his hand on one of her um, one of her arms, and police are trained that when this happens, you know, it typically is going to be followed by uh, more aggression. So. You know, yeah. He really slams her there, though. Yeah, man. I mean, he he definitely slams her. I'm 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 glad she didn't suffer any permanent injury because if you watch this video, you you can see. I mean, she basically bounces off the side of the car. But um, you know, this this is more of a a question of police training and uh, what police are told to do in these situations. Because if if someone doesn't submit immediately, police are trained to up the level of force. This officer uh, upped it quite a bit and uh i'm i'm really surprised he was fired for that just 
watching that. I video. am too because it seems like maybe it's... they're trying to send a message. They've they've spent some of the justice system, the legal system, I should say, spend so much time attempting to sp- send messages to us uh, peons. Maybe mm-hmm. perhaps they're, they, the police are just trying to send a message to other police officers. It could be. Uh, it could be that that uh, the girl who was arrested is a person of some note. Or maybe this police chief's not a total scumbag and, yeah. uh, and actually has some level of uh, expectation for the behavior of his officers. Or maybe they just couldn't come up with a reason to lose the dash cam footage. I mean, this was his his dash cam, uh, his police car uh, video camera that recorded this incident. And we know there are a lot of times when uh, police are alleged to have done something violent when all of a sudden the dash cam has malfunctioned and you can't get the footage out of it. Had this camera not been there, it likely would have been you know his word versus hers, and then he probably would still have his job today. Well, it, the lawsuit that I have against the Department of Homeland Security um, for my illegal arrest at the United States-Mexico border, I my attorney specifically requested the video that would have showed me getting dragged around and manhandled, but, you know, they couldn't find it. Uh-huh. Uh, but you'd better believe if someone jumped over the desk and wailed away. Oh, yeah, if you uh, jacked one of those cops, right, they'd the, find that video. The video would be right there. Right. So, you know, this, this officer could have had a history of uh, excessive force. Um, it, it could, there's probably a lot that you don't know, but just watching this video, I am shocked that he was fired so bonds uh said injuries from her encounter with garachi included a swollen knee and jaw pain she said doctors think she may have suffered a concussion as well i mean if you watch this video and we'll link to it over on our uh, bbs bbs.freetalklive.com in the show prep section later on tonight you watch this video i mean she bounces he really jacks her into the side of the truck i mean it is it's pretty it would seem like definitely could be a concussion inducing uh attack well she's obviously lying about her involvement with the uh, the crash, you know, she Probably, she, yeah. she should have just remained silent and not. People don't know, man. I mean, they uh, cops are really good at uh, getting answers out of people. I mean, even even liberty minded folks who should know better will uh, will talk too much to the police. It's just sort of an ingrained reaction, mm-hmm. you know, respect for authority and. Um, you know, compliance. I forget who I was talking to. I think it might have been last night at the Bit Instant uh, parties, but somebody was pointing out that somebody they knew, uh, you know, was was being asked a question about their address on their driver's license as to whether or not they still lived at uh, such and such an address. And they answered honestly that they, you know, didn't live there anymore. And, and boom, they got a criminal ticket. charge. Yeah. Yeah, because it's illegal, apparently, in a, you know, most states to not update the driver's bureau or whatever. With, a with certain amount of days. Right. But, you know, that person walked right into that criminal charge by answering the question in the first place. Had they not answered the question, the officer would not have enough information to be able to bring that charge. That's a fact. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Just, you know, don't answer the questions. I, Every lawyer will tell you. Don't talk to police. Do not answer their questions. Every police officer will tell their friends, you know, don't roll the window down too much. If you if you had something to drink so the police can smell it, you know, yeah. don't uh, don't answer questions, but I like to tell people if you're not going to answer questions, be polite and respectful about it and be like, sure, Look, sure. you know, I I respect you. You're doing your job. Nothing I, personal. Um please respect that I'm going to assert my rights. Yep. So, um if they want to claim that they can smell something, they can claim it through a cracked window just in the same way they could claim it through an open window, right? I, I mean, suppose so. You know, I mean, they could or could not smell something, certainly, but, you know, smells this really subjective thing. Sure. I smell alcohol now. Mm-hmm. I think I smell marijuana. Perhaps I smell cocaine. <laughs> I, you know, like, <laughs> I don't think it has any odor, but right, I mean, that's you? The, the, you know, you could just say you smell anything. That's right. 
Hey, about- speaking of cops and alcohol, Brad, did you uh, hear about what happened with Liberty Love Fest over the weekend? Uh, I heard that it was raided down, yeah. down in Worcester. Worcester. There's a party of liberty-minded folks that had gotten together in an office building, and they'd done it previously several months ago. Yeah, I was there. I was there the first time. It was a lot of fun. Right. So they did it again, and this time uh, they got raided. There were something like 20 cops, and they came in there, didn't arrest a single person, stole all the alcohol in the entire uh, building, and walked away. Do uh. <laughs> you think those cops went out and partied after that? No. Really? Yeah. Really? Why? Well, because um, <laughs> they have a, they had totes of alcohol. Uh, y- yes, but hard liquor and beer, man. They could have had a big party. But something this high profile, uh, dealing with that many people who could be activists, uh, I would like to think the police would be smart enough to dot their eyes and cross their t's. They didn't arrest anybody. Do they have to fill out uh, reports on that? Um, technically, it's evidence. And if they if they did take it just so they could go out and party, technically they'd be criminals. Well, but, of course. I mean, we know that. But now, look, couldn't they take, you know, a third of it and only report the other two thirds of it on uh, whatever report they fill out? I suppose. So the way I see it is they didn't arrest somebody because, you know, they do like to arrest people. They didn't arrest somebody so they could just go right out and drink it because otherwise they would have had to take the guy back to the station, filled out paperwork and process somebody. Right. I mean, they're just being mean. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Unless, of course, the arrests come later. Which is also a possibility. Yeah. So, more coming up here. You can take control. Speaking of alcohol, we'll talk about the Vintners coming up in a moment. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty. And now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves here. 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us. On our website, head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you. Uh, they are totally free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites. Five, six, seven, eight bucks a month. What they charge, we charge zero. You just go sign up for a free account. You don't even need to sign up for a free account to download archives and do a lot of the stuff that's on the site. But if you want to create the content on the site, if you want to add new content to the site, you can... Just create a quick free account, and then you can submit whatever you want to the website, and then other listeners will be able to vote at that point on what it is that you've submitted, and the most voted up make it to the front page. Now, if you want to vote, you can do that, too. You don't have to submit things. You can just vote if you want. Click Upcoming Stories when you go to freetalklive.com. It's right near the top of the page. Just click Upcoming Stories to see all the fresh content that has been uploaded to the site by listeners like you. So go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Tonight here with you in the studio, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. All right, Mark, you wanted to share with us a story about 
vintners, which is a, a fancy name for somebody that makes wine. Well, somebody's got to uh, have some name for the people that make wine, right? Um, this is coming out of uh, WashingtonExaminer.com. And I, I guess this is uh, from the, the same place where that woman got in trouble recently for having little parties on her farm. I guess she had a book, some kids' birthday parties and a pumpkin carving contest or something like that. Huh. And you know, this is bad. So it's um, you know going on here. It says uh, – most of the wineries are. I'm just going to, uh, you know, pick out bits and pieces. It's too long, and some of it doesn't really, you know, it's it's loquacious in the way that writers love to be. They yep. like to to set the story. Most of the wineries are mom and pop operations, and some have been uh, more creative in marketing, employing more people, and generating revenue. The county thinks such success must be punished. At the center of all this is the county zoning administrator, a bureaucratic czar named. Kimberly Johnson, whose bullying and heavy-handed enforcement tactics have resulted in calls for her dismissal by county farmers and residents. Johnson was recently the subject of a citizen farmer pitchfork protest in a matter <laughs> that she uh, fined one farmer for conducting pumpkin carving and birthday parties for okay, so eight little girls yeah, without uh, a proper permit. The winery ordinance is um, Obama-esque, I guess, passed by passed under the pretext that it uh, protects the health, safety, and welfare of the public. It forces wineries to close at 6 p.m., uh, prohibits the sale of food, something that goes on uh, quite safely with the uh, taste of a wine, unless wineries obtain special permits for the zoning from the zoning administrator. That's the Johnson gal. The ordinance lists prohibited winery activities such as hot air balloon rides, <laughs> farmers markets, mini golf which assuredly threaten the health, safety, and welfare of the public, right? Wow. Among the prohibited activities, the ordinance includes anything else determined by the zoning administrator to be similar in nature or impact to the enlisted uh, activities, which are, of course, mini golf, farmer's markets, and balloon rides. So if, say, for instance, you wanted to do this at a driving range, they could say, well, this involves golf clubs and that's similar. I guess. I mean, I think they're mostly going after the farmers, but yeah, I mean, they, they at this point, they've, they've handed over such power to this uh, zoning administrator that she can essentially do anything she wants. Well, I don't Czar, think they handed it over. I mean, I, the, the farmers did not hand over I don't mean power. the farmers. I mean the government. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, among, uh, let's see. The, the winery ordinance comes with potential criminal penalties, yet as- uh, Illegal we, hot air balloon flying- yeah, it's criminal. There's criminal penalties for anything wow. for for so, dodging yeah. the wishes of this woman. Now, I guess these are things that wineries do. You know, like maybe you fly over the the, the great fields or whatever, and sure. uh, you know, hot air balloon. Or Who doesn't like, like a hot that? air balloon, right? Yeah, it sounds like a cool promotion. If she's basically saying they can't do anything original or fun to uh, no to fun their uh, their winery because there's grapes around. It's crazy. Yep, it says uh, it has uh, weak standards of evidence and due process. To protect the innocent, it's a uh, civil liberties and property rights nightmare on its face. Uh, Farquhar, this is the name of the town, gave its zoning czar the same type of unlimited discretion to decide whether to issue special permits to stay open past 6P, um, to host events, and determine in- entry road surface conditions. This is really important for anybody who's ever built. This gives the zoning administrator unfettered control of the very existence of wineries and creates conditions under which the vintners must fear her every next move. Wow. So she can make your driveway disappear. <laughs> if no one can get to your winery, this is not, this is not a driveway. You may not drive down this. Wow. 
So perhaps the most offensive proposition of the ordinance authorizes private personal gather- gatherings uh, um, at wineries. Someone obviously forgot to tell Fakwa officials that in America we don't need government permission to uh, for private gatherings on our own property. Yet even the uh, contempt. Apparently, the f- you do now, buddy. For the freedom of assembly and private properties, Fakwa officials limited the definition of private personal gathering to owners who reside at or adjacent to their wineries and do not market their wine at such gatherings. This means so, no winery signs, no bottle labels, even when owners hold pr- private personal gatherings on their property because that would be marketing. There is no end to the bureaucracy that can just make your life miserable. Yep. Absolutely. Now, look, let me see if I've understood what you just said. If the winery owner lives on the property, whether in the building or on an adjacent home on the property, he or she cannot have personal friends over to party. They can. They can't. They can. They can. You can't have a party at your winery if you don't live near it. (laughs) What What's the definition of near? Next adjacent. Adjacent. So if 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 your if your winery is two houses over, that's correct. You can't. That is not adjacent. <laughs> Sorry, the, de- the the definitions of adjacent are clear, and that is clearly not adjacent. Um, so, who is she friends with? I mean, she's clearly working in someone's best interest here. Someone who lives on their uh, winery property. Obviously, who, I can't answer that. Right. I mean, obviously, you don't. I'm just asking to, to the universe here. So she's she's doing something that's going to benefit one winery owner likely over the other winery owners. Maybe she's having uh, sex with him, uh, some sort of a torrid affair. Who knows what sort of uh, ins and outs are going on with uh, you know the behind the scenes, ins and outs. Uh, the behind the scenes kind of uh, back back room skullduggery here with this uh, this situation but it sounds like she's in total control of this they situation. have made her a, a, a you know a very powerful little dictator she yeah. is the winery czar that's it, it's exactly what it is the farming czar i mean she it's not just wineries although they are prolific in that area now, like anybody doing anything what uh, you know what you have to wonder is when are the when are business owners going to finally stop putting up with this because well, they're running they're rushing off to richmond to uh, get uh, legislative uh, remedy so they're going to the state. Yes, I see. Well, whether I hope that works for them, but Me too. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't expect that it necessarily will, and it'll probably cost them a whole bunch of money. You know, why not at some point just say, okay, your regulations are basically going to put me out of business or make it so I can't compete with the other uh, businesses and eventually run me out of business over over a period of years. So I'm just going to go ahead and have my hot air balloon promotion, and if you don't like it, you can send your police officers, and we'll have video cameras here, and you can arrest me for uh, you know taking some kids up in a hot air balloon or something like that, and uh, and you know make a make an issue out of it, and really kind of make a stand. I I think that when business owners do that, you remember we had Kerry Paco Ellison from the Black Hawk Saloon on this show a couple of times. I remember him. Uh, yeah, really brave business owner who in the uh, Charleston, West Virginia area had refused to obey a smoking ban. He refused to be the enforcer of the city. It was just like a county smoking ban, so it wasn't for the whole state of West Virginia. He refused to go along with it at his bar, the Black Hawk Saloon, and he made he made press headlines. Lots of people were talking about that. We had him on Free Talk Live. He was uh, in the local newspapers, and as a result of that, there were a number of customers that rallied behind his business uh, to support him. He did end up caving in because there's to. just so much pressure and you can't fight the state for too long because you know it's it's expensive and they can keep paying the lawyers and you can't they're gonna put you out of business chris uh chris in the lrn chat room points out a really interesting thing which is 
accurate that business owners are moving to other countries, one of the reasons for the current economic recession. Sure. Well, like a winery owner that uh, lives on, a, on the border of another country might just move his property to, uh, you know, south of the border yeah. or whatever. And it's, it's just absolutely. Farmers are doing that all in, in, in you know, down in the southwest. That's a right. lot of them are doing it. So, but my point being, if you're going to lose your business anyway, why keep jumping through the hoops? Like, if the regulations get to the point where you're going to get put out of business because they're regulating you out of business, why keep obeying? Why not just go ahead and just stop obeying at that point and do whatever you want with your business? Because they'll put you in a jail cell. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. At some point, people have to say no. I get it. It's scary. The government's, thug, you know, they're thuggish. They have jail cells and guns. But somebody's got to say no. It's free talk. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. It's all free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will take your calls about whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the program. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you. We've got listening options, live streams. We've got them. Three different sizes, actually. We've got the broadband stream, the mid-band, and narrow-band streams. So if you've got uh, an internet connection that maybe isn't so fast, you can use our narrow-band stream. That'll probably fit. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in there. And the streams are available around the clock uh, every single day, 24-7. Listen.freetalklive.com takes you there. You can also learn more about our over 100 radio stations across the country. That air of the show at various different times throughout the week on the AM and FM band. We're also available on XM Satellite Radio, where you can find us all seven nights a week there as well. Plus our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Head over to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in. I'm going to make a controversial statement here. And I know I'm probably going to get some flack about it, but uh, there's, there's nothing more gratifying you can do with your mouth than to eat the English toffee from statelesssweets.com. Nothing. This stuff's delicious. Uh, the first time I took a bite into the the uh, English toffee, all I could do was utter "Oh God" over and over again. Do you remember this scene? <laughs> yes, I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> it was good stuff. StatelessSweets.com. I highly recommend you go over there and try some of the, the, the English toffee. I think is the very best. Ian, what did you prefer of their? I'm you know I like fudge. I yeah, like they've the got fudge. really good fudge. I didn't. Right it's not like I dislike the English toffee. I just really like. Budge. Yeah, they've got uh, panucci with walnuts. They've got uh, peanut brittle and cashew brittle and all kinds of really great sweets there. It's- there uh, by the way, Jillian, who is the proprietor there at statelesssweets.com, she is going to make the move to New Hampshire, as I understand. Mm. Oh, awesome. She's, re- she's really sweet. Yeah, so we may end up having like a battle of the sweets makers here, uh, her versus Mandrick. Wow. That could be fun. Um, Mandrick makes really great baklava, there's no doubt. Uh, Stateless Sweets does not make baklava. That's right. But uh, there's lots of other delicious things there. And you can buy them with... Bitcoins? That's right. You can buy them with Bitcoins. So cool. 
So, yep. Uh, people say you can't buy anything with bitcoins, but now you know it's pretty obvious that's that's not a true statement. You can go to statelesssuites.com, buy with bitcoins, or you can buy with PayPal or whatever you want to do. All right, so let's go to the phones and your calls, your thoughts about what's on your mind. Vince is in Indy listening to WXNT. Hey, Vince. Hello, Ian and Bradley and Mark. How are you doing? Vince, great. What's on your mind tonight? I tell you, I know you're disappointed, but Mr. Davis lost his uh, appeals Who? in Houston, Alabama. To, he has to pay a $10,000 bond if he wants to keep his wife in his front yard. Oh, oh okay. This is the uh, elderly gentleman. Mm-hmm. Who uh, back in 2009 buried his uh, his wife according to her wishes in a concrete tomb in a metal casket in his front yard. They had a backhoe and everything. I mean, they did a real you know job on uh, burying her, and uh, the case ended up going to the courts. He lost at a uh, district court level and appealed. And you're saying he has lost his appeal? Yes, he lost his appeal. That's what the you know, the the news service. But the order of the judge previously was that this man was to disinter his wife from the ground and move her into a licensed cemetery. So therefore, does I presume the appeal upholds the prior court's decision, meaning that the order stands from the previous judge saying he has to do this himself, right? Yes. yes. What yes. happens if he doesn't? Will that be contempt of court? Who knows? Most I'm going to go out on a limb and say it would be contempt of court if he doesn't follow the judge's order. As far as I know, all states require that you have to be buried in a cemetery because if you think about it, if you own your house today and you, you, know, you bury your loved one in your front yard, 50 years from now, you're not going to still own your house. You, very good chance that you won't be around anymore, but you know, the person who you buried there will still be there, and it creates all sorts of problems when property is to be sold. Well, according to the uh, the news media that we read, I think it was from the Associated Press, uh, right out of Alabama on this story, is that there are a lot of family burial plots in Alabama. So, you know, not all state laws are uh, are the same uh, in the yeah. way that they're written, and they're fairly common uh, in, in Alabama. It's just what made this one unusual is that it's on a main drag in the town in which he lives. And I so, also kind of wonder what would really be the problem? Uh, so, I mean, you know, he's going to turn this over to his grandchildren. He intends to be buried there himself. That's right. Uh, they've got grave stones. Um, now, he could, were he to choose to, uh, you know, uh, make the deed so that, you know, these stones had to remain in place or whatever. But, you know, anybody who wants to, who gets this property in the future wants to sell it, having two graves in the front yard is not going to be particularly good for the, the house value. They could just pry up the stones, put them in the shed or wherever, uh, get rid of them, and then say that, ah, yeah, nothing's here. And then at some point or another, somebody's digging around, they find themselves some, some uh, the, these these grave sites, and I guess they move the people. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's all very odd. Vince, your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to say in Indiana, family plots are legal now. If you live what you call it, a deed, where your property is entrusted to a deed, you can't have a family plot, so. But you can have family plots in Indiana, just like you can in Alabama, but. Do you need to have a permit to bury somebody? Because uh, up here in New Hampshire, you do. Yeah, well, here you can have a family plot, but generally you have to have, like you said, a permit. Vince, thanks for the call and the update on the case. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Now, remember, the most important part about this case is this man, I believe he was 73, and obviously loved his wife very much, wants to be buried next to her on the very same plot of land. 
where they built this, you know, home previously many, 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 you know, decades ago. And he said he didn't care what the judge says, what the appeals court says. He he does not care what they say. He is not going to move his wife. So that's going to make for a very interesting conflict. Well, I think they're probably going to move his wife. Well, I imagine they very they very might just do that, although that's not the original judge's order. The original order is that he is supposed to do it, which means that they will probably try to put pressure on him to force him to do it. He will refuse, perhaps be charged with contempt of court, and then the judge will be in a position where they'll have to, uh, you know, possibly sentence a you know, septuagenarian to uh, to a jail sentence. And he's basically almost made it sound like he might defend his property with violence. It, it, it's it's the, close to what he, he sounds he like. Made a, he did not come right out and say it, but he basically suggested that if they were to come to try to you know, force his hand, that he would die. Yeah, it would be a death sentence and that he would be joining his wife sooner rather than later. Well, in that case, they should just back off. And uh, I mean, because th- yeah. it's going to be the same thing either way. It's either going to be, you know, they get into a firefight with him now and then move his See, wife. This or, really is the point. The guy's 70 years old, and the the town, this was three years ago that they buried her. That's right. The town can have this fight anytime they want to have this fight. Have it with the grandchildren, because I know they'll cave. Right. Oh, exactly. yeah. This guy's got nothing to lose. I mean, his wife is dead. Okay, yeah, he's got his grandchildren, but you know he knows he's gonna not gonna live that much longer to to see their uh, you know, lives grow up and all that. So ultimately, his in his personal life, he's got his house, he's had a good life. His uh, his wife is gone, and now these thugs want to force him to take his wife's body out of the ground, out of the you know very nice gravesite. Apparently, like they took some time and concrete lined the got ground, a mausoleum in there, yeah, and everything. Uh, and he wants you know they. I mean that's. You're disturbing the dead. I mean, it's just wrong from a lot of people's <laughs> perspectives. 855-450-FREE. That's the I mean, grave robbers. 1-855-450-3733. Are they going to take the jewelry off of her, too? When they t- In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press. The Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Hey, don't forget, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. We've got news updates for you. You can go to news.freetalklive.com, follow them via email, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Maybe you prefer to get your updates that way, but you're going to get more than just updates on Twitter and Facebook because we are now hooting. We're doing tweets and Facebooking all at once, uh, and we do it during the show, even sometimes outside of the show. Mark, you hooted earlier today about how you were hungover. I'm not sure why our listeners would care, but uh, you did that anyway. We had so. a big party at the, uh, the, the, the big instant guys 
offices. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a good time. And I guess they're going to have these bit uh, Bitcoin meetups once a month there at the Bit Instant. Uh, well, I guess not necessarily at the Bit Instant guys' offices, but uh, in New York City, in different places around uh, in and around uh, New York City. Should so, be fun. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. They uh, have uh, Bitcoin meetups here in, uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, every week. Oh, excellent. Well, there's a really good community, uh, Bitcoin community, here in New Hampshire. In fact, there was uh, what I understood to be the biggest Bitcoin public kind of an event that happened at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, like the most used, the most widely used Bitcoin event. I don't know how to qualify it, but lots of the vendors at Porkfest, the Porcupine biggest Freedom Festival. Biggest Bitcoin event ever, yeah, I guess. thus far, at least. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of the vendors there were accepting Bitcoins, and the Bitcoin, a lot of Bitcoin kind of advocates were there as well, and they were really impressed uh, with how much and how widely spread and accepted uh, the Bitcoin was among the Liberty community here in New Hampshire. Which I thought was pretty cool. Because Bitcoins are really great. Yeah, and you can get Bitcoins from bitinstant.com. It is the best way to get Bitcoins. Uh, you know, you're just just like any money when uh, when you get a, when you go get the free Bitcoin wallet from Bitcoin.org, a wallet doesn't come full of money. If you want some money, you're gonna have to get some bitcoins by going to bitinstant.com. You can go there, there's more than seven hundred thousand locations. You can find a location near you, you get a deposit number, I guess, is how it works. Uh, Ian, you this is how what you did. You got some kind of deposit number, you went there to the location, you gave mm-hmm. them some cash, and those by the time you returned home you had bitcoins in your bitcoin wallet. Is that That's right? right. So bitinstant.com. All right, so our number again, 855-450-FREE. You can, of course, bring up anything that you want. So we've kind of been focused on the police here tonight, and they are busy, busy, busy all over the place. There's always something uh, for the police to do there, whether they're picking on an old man in Alabama, northern Alabama, for burying his wife in his front yard, or picking on an old lady for having her grass too tall, or picking on some of their favorite victims, college students. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, is where uh, we're doing the show. There's a college in town, and it's kind of basically it's a college town. There's a, there's a good chunk of the uh, the population here for a portion of the year. They all came back yesterday. They had their move-in day where street was shut down, and a bunch of college kids moving into their uh, their houses, and parents, of course, hovering around, uh, as some parents tend to do. And it's only going to be a matter of time now before the local cops decide to crack down on the college students. Uh, that's just what they do. Uh, they, you know, at the beginning of the, the school year, they, uh, they enforce as hard as they can on uh, alcohol laws and underage possession and things like that. And it's not just here in, uh, in Keene. According to the Courier-Journal, courier-journal.com, the Indiana, Indiana State Excise Police issued 347 citations during the weekend at three Indiana colleges as part of its intensified college enforcement program. Police issued a record number of 258 citations at Indiana University, 57 at Ball State, and 32 at Notre Dame. Citations included public intoxication, illegal consumption or possession of alcohol, and public nudity. Because... We've got to stop those college kids from drinking. I mean, maybe if we crack down hard enough... That'll uh, finally stop Finally! Them. College kids will stop drinking until they're 21, of course. Then it's completely okay. Then it's all right. It's not about getting college kids to stop drinking. It's about money. Revenue. And unfortunately, um, 71% is the last number I read of uh, Americans believe that the drinking age should be 21 
But really, yeah, seventy-one percent ridiculous. And if well, they're not even thinking about it though. I mean, they're just being asked a question. Yeah, yeah how many of those seventy-one percent drank under the age of twenty-one and didn't get caught? I did. Exactly. And um, but you don't believe it should be twenty-one? Absolutely not. Right? I um, mean, how many? Of the, how many of those who were in that seventy percent? I, I the reason drank why, underage. There are so many young adults that learn how to drink at parties, in pits in the woods, uh, around people who aren't responsible, around people who generally may not, them. <laughs> may not have their best interests in mind. And uh, lots of young men and women are sexually assaulted because mm-hmm. they're in these situations where there's binge drinking. Here in our uh, Live Free or Die state, if uh, a parent decides to give a glass of wine or a beer uh, to their 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, up to 20-year-old son... As should be their prerogative as being the parent. Uh, absolutely. Uh, if they decide to give uh, a glass of wine with dinner, they can do one year wow. in county jail. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. And I mean, the the problem with underage drinking or irresponsible drinking is not going to be solved with prohibition. It is going to be solved with uh, people learning responsibility and people being treated as if they were actually adults. If you're 18, you can go to Walmart and buy yourself a shotgun or an assault rifle, sure. but or join the military and and fight and die for the federal government uh, overseas. But you can't. Don't they have let a you beer? drink on military bases if you're 18? Uh, the um, the law about that says that it's up to the uh, Secretary of Defense and the individual installation commander. But, I see. But it has to be within cer- a certain distance of Canada, or you know, I mean, if if it's within so many miles of Canada, they want to keep uh, or Mexico, they want to keep mm-hmm. the people there. Um, but it's it's just people who are 18 to 21, or excuse me, to 20, should not be treated as second-class citizens. Absolutely. I was in uh, Milford District Court uh, the other day to support a friend who was there for a driving uh, situation. And, of course, they made us wait through every single one of the arraignments before having uh, hearing his case, which was expected to be a trial. Uh, and it, uh, that means I got to sit there and, and watch arraignments, which I've been to many a time, and I've seen people... Victim after victim of the state coming forward. I don't think. I don't think there was a single violent person in that room that day. I mean, I, I was paying close attention to every charge that was read, and this is one of those courtrooms where you can actually hear what's going on. The courtroom here in Keene, you can barely hear what they're what they're saying, uh, but this one, the, the acoustics are good. You can you can make out every word, and uh, it was a bunch of people that have been busted for drinking underage. Uh, there was a handful of DUIs in there, and again, a DUI in theory could be dangerous to somebody, but not necessarily. Just because you are under, you're, you're over the uh, the level of alcohol, the BAC uh, that the, the the law has stated is is illegal, doesn't mean you're necessarily dangerous, or that you're driving erratically or right. anything like that. I mean, you know, it, I think that everybody understands that driving with point zero eight alcohol blood, you know, blood alcohol level doesn't make anyone. Any worse driver than driving with point zero seven? Right. I mean, it's, there's just you know, it's some arbitrary number, and you know, in one case you get a big old fine, and you know, marks points in your license, and the other you don't. There are some people though that if they are a point zero eight, they are uh, fall down, fall, falling down drunk. But no there, doubt. But there, uh, there's some people that never get above point zero eight. <laughs> when I went through training to become a drug recognition expert, which is a special type of uh, law enforcement training that allows you to determine what kind of drug someone's on other than alcohol i um there was a, a person who uh they have people drink before they come in to be tested and um this person i thought passed all the field sobriety tests based on how i was trained and this person was a point two six. 
Holy yeah. mackerel. And, and this person just happens to be someone who is a professional drinker. So They just hold their alcohol ex- very well. Exactly. High tolerance. So you professional can have, drinker mean? You can have a, a .08 person. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. A person who consumes a lot of alcohol. Gotcha. Um, Drunk. A professional drinker would be someone who gets paid to drink, right? <laughs> There's got to be somebody out there that does. Yeah. Some sommelier and uh, the, the wine people. and I never gotcha. the, Your metabolism in your body, uh, it adapts to... You know, if you drink more liquor, it, it 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 adapts to it, so it doesn't have the same effects. So the the arbitrary line in the sand, point oh eight, is I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just an arbitrary line in the sand. It's, a, it's an arbitrary line in the sand. Well, let's come back. I've got more here on the story about the the college crackdown. Remember, they've got their uh, enforcement program. It's an intensified enforcement program. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Maybe you want to comment about your experience dealing with the cops while in college. Eight five five four five zero three seven. Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Mandrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. Bring up what you want here, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, and we do it free, of course. So for Shrine, if you can get the Shrine of Female Listeners, it's one of the features there, shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll take you there. If you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to be part of the Shrine over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Outdoors enthusiasts, you can get the best prices on the name brand equipment that you want from ManVentureOutpost.com. When I say best prices, I mean really. Do comparison shopping before you buy. ManVentureOutpost.com. They've got knives and ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, whatever you might need in the arena of camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear. They've got it. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. They're very proud of that. Uh, they, they provide a high level of customer service. And you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Coupon code FTL, ManVentureOutpost.com. So we'll continue and take your calls about what you want, and then we'll get back to the Indiana story where they are cracking down with a what they call the Intensified College Enforcement Program. First, Chris is in Indiana. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Chris. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead. Um, I had a couple of things to say. Like, First, I have, uh, I have an observation about the paper here in South Bend, Indiana, last week in August 13th. Um, the front page, front page, I, um, August 13th, 2012, on last week on Monday, given it's at the bottom, but the front page news got a vegetable race at the Cove where three interns at the South Bend Tribune are dressed up as vegetables running around a baseball field while... You turn the page, the back of the front page, page two, you got like three shootings locally 
guy shot in the face at a liquor store, person getting caught in crossfire shot five times, a guy gets stabbed in the hand and taken $500 from him. And on the front page, you got three people dressed up in vegetables running around. Don't you think that uh, I'd... People in this community would rather know about shootings and where they happen. Depends than on who you ask. Yeah, so. this is this is the this is truly a conundrum in the in the news business. I mean, people Twilight will really Talk. give you trouble for not reporting the good news. So they want the good news. Why doesn't the news report the good news? Well, there's also the the perspective that our town is a quiet, peaceful little town, and we want to make it look like that's the case. And we don't want any stories that might disturb people about South Bend or fill in the blank of your town. They do this here in Keene uh, as well, where basically the, the, the local newspaper carries the water for the government and uh, in a, attempts to kind of, uh, you know, kind of keep things on the down low as far as how bad things might be. And that there's this perspective that all things that could be considered bad should not be uh, placed out front. I remember when there was a local ordinance uh, that they had, they'd passed that prohibited I guess uh, local bars from advertising drink specials outside of their bars. So, like to use some, you know, you know, use that chalk stuff that you might see on a window. I don't know what it's called. It's not chalk, but it's some kind of washable uh, writing, pretty colors that you can advertise drink specials with. They, uh, you know, they're not allowed to do that. And the the statement that was in the newspaper when they were writing about this article was that, well, we wouldn't want people to think of Keene as a town for drunks. I mean, it, there's, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, people drink all the time, even the city councilors. But uh, but yet, oh well, we've no got drink to create, specials. We've got to create this uh, this view that the town isn't focused on alcohol. And so the same thing there, you know. Oh, why did they run the the vegetable story as a top story? Because they don't want people to see the stories about the guy getting shot in the face at the convenience store. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think there's some symbolism here. They think that everyone around here is just. Like, they have minds like vegetables, you know? We're just vegetables <laughs> to these people. Hey, but uh, I'm just saying this is like a town with like 130,000 people in it. This isn't, I mean... That's no, not a town. That's a city. Yeah, this is like 130,000 people, and they're putting vegetable people running yeah. around on baseball fields in the it's front ridiculous. It's ludicrous. But It I seems s- ludicrous. I said it's ridiculous. You're absolutely oh, right, and I, I share the concerns. What else did you want to share? Anything else on your mind? Yeah, you guys are on the subject about on-campus police. Yeah, they're cracking down in Indiana. Oh, okay. Well, I, w- I went to Western Illinois University, and it was called the OPS, Office of Public Safety Police. And, you know, I, I, I didn't really have that many bad experiences with them. I think I was on the lucky ones because those people, along with the city police in Macomb, Illinois, would be raiding bars probably every week or every Friday. I, I'd see a few of them just soaking around in the, in the loaded in the loaded bars. Just, uh, I, I'd hear about people getting tickets and stuff. And so, so if you're underage in a bar, it's very risky. I never went to the bar until I was 21 because I heard of all every week about a friend or a friend of a friend getting arrested because Jeez. these people would just randomly ask people for their IDs. And if they were 21 and or if they were under 21, I mean... They would just 
they would just take him and arrest him. I mean, it happened to Brad Jardis is here with us, uh, former law enforcement officer. Brad, uh, I know that you're probably somewhat familiar with liquor enforcement and some of the, the work that they do. Uh, you didn't work for them, but, I mean, you were a cop for 11 years, no. so I'm sure you know something about it. If a, if a no, cop walks a into cop. a bar and uh, you're standing there holding a drink and they ask you for your ID, do you have any obligation to show it to them? No. So you're saying people are just showing their IDs because they don't know any better then? Well, these people were actually, they were... They were actually in there dressed up. I mean, not dressed up, but they were in their uniform. Just because they're in the uniform mean, doesn't mean you're obligated to show them. Right, but do you understand? Ah, you don't have to show them the ID. You show it. They're still going to make you show it. I mean, uh, you can't say no to these people. They're yes, you can. They're going to hit you in the back of the head. And if you say you can't say no to them. Well, I think it varies by state. I mean, I can only speak with certainty about our beautiful New Hampshire here, but um, typically, unless you're driving a car, you don't have to show ID. But... Um, you could also make the argument that it's that you're being forced to incriminate yourself if uh, you know if, if you're drinking and you're underage. You tell the nice police officer, "I'm not driving this beer, sir." That's you know. Look, Chris, I get it. The cops are scary. They are known for intimidating people, and they you know have the potential to make up some sort of crime like disorderly conduct and arrest you. But if you're in a public place, they're not as likely to to you know commence a beat beat down on you there. Uh, you know, pull out a video camera, record what they're record what they're doing, and that'll help protect you. You will be better off not showing your ID if you're not 21. If you show your ID and you're not 21, you're going to get arrested. So you're oh, going to yeah. be better off not showing the ID because then they don't have the evidence they need to arrest you for anything at all. And people just need to learn this. They don't understand it. I remember there was a guy that the local film producer with a local college was doing a documentary about the Free State Project called State of Liberty. And one night he was, I guess, a little bit drunk actually a lot, and he came by the Keene Activity Center with some of his friends, and apparently he had accidentally stumbled into a window in downtown Keene and, uh, and broken the window, and he had taken off from the scene on someone's uh, suggestion, Whoops. which he ended up regretting uh, later on, but he, he wanted to go to the police department to turn himself in uh, on this, and he wanted someone to go with him and, uh, and record video of this, and so of course I was more than willing to come out and, and help out with that. And in the car, we kind of, uh, I got the recap from him and his friends that were, were present. And basically what ended up happening was his friends essentially gave him up without really intending to. And they did it because they didn't know their rights. Basically what happened was the police showed up on the scene. His two friends were still there. He had taken off at that point. And the friends just started blabbing away to the police when the cops came up and, uh, and started uh, in- inquiring of them. They asked them for their IDs. They pulled out their IDs and showed it to him. You don't have to do that stuff, uh, as I understand it. Note to self, if you accidentally break a window because you're drunk, just call the police and tell them, and you won't get in trouble. Well, uh, it was funny, too, because the cop in this case, uh, and Chris, by the way, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. The cop in this case claimed that, uh, because when we were there talking to him, the cop claimed that he could not talk to the man who owned the store. That if he talked to the man who owned the store, because I suggested, well, why can't you just go and talk to this guy? The drunk and kid, not the, not the police the drunk officer. Kid, thank you. The drunk kid could not talk to the man who owned the store because it would be interfering with a witness. No, it's, it would only be interfering with a witness if the drunk kid called the guy up and said, I will kill you if you press charges. I knew he was bluffing. The cop was bluffing when he said this. And I caught it all on video. It's ridiculous. But uh, So he actually did end up talking to the owner of the 
the store and they settled and you know he gave him some money for the window and problem solved but it was funny watching the cop try to you know bluster his way into a situation in which he could make an arrest uh he ended up not arresting him that night because he wouldn't give up information in the interrogation that had happened but my point was his buddies who didn't know you know nice guys they didn't want to throw their friend under the bus but they didn't know their rights and they didn't know how to stand on their rights and they gave up their identity identities to these cops and they answered all their questions for them and they basically led the cops right to their roommate and their friend with the answers to their questions Yep, and that's how it works. People don't know their rights. You got to stand up for yourself and refuse to obey. Eight five five four fifty three. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year John Taylor Gatto published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. Control of these airwaves here. It is the third hour that we are launching into, and the number is toll-free. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Bradley. And Mark. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Everything there is totally free for you. Now, we've had kind of a police-oriented focus tonight, but you can still take the show wherever you'd like it to go. Uh, on the way, there's another disturbing story about another military veteran that has uh, had his house raided. Looks that way. Uh, Mark will get that from you here in a moment. But uh, we started a story last hour about the college enforcement that is going on right now not just in indiana but that's uh, where the story's from it's going on all over the place because college is coming back into season uh, it's about time for semesters to start up i know that's the case here in Keene. they start at different times in different states and different places but we're right around that uh, that time frame over the next uh, few weeks likely a lot of colleges are going to be kicking off and at the same time local police departments and uh, liquor enforcement boards will be kicking off a campaign of trying to as brad put, uh, pointed out here a moment ago and as a former police officer of over uh, 11 years or about 11 years you know very well this is about revenue this is not about stopping kids from drinking but the public statements that they make are all about stopping kids from drinking they're not going to say well we're really just trying to you know get their parents to cut us a check because ultimately that's what happens when the cops bust some college kids mommy and daddy who are uh, likely paying for their son or daughter to go to college are going to hear that their son or daughter has been arrested and you know they probably don't want to travel up to wherever it is their uh, their child you know their, their child they're not children but uh, where's their child i guess can you still call them your I don't child know. It's after a really they're strange an adult situation their offspring yeah, they're they don't off- want to travel child. Uh, all the way up to where their offspring is to go to court and all that so they'll just cut a check to try to 
make it go away. Take the plea deal, cut a check for five hundred dollars or whatever the arbitrary. It's probably fine. just a violation in most cases, right? Yeah, but it, the violation can still have uh, serious. Fine oh yeah, yeah, it's it. still serious fine. If you read the chapter. Um one seventy nine, which is the drinking in New Hampshire, law, in New Hampshire the uh, the drinking laws in Title Thirteen. It's very obvious because most laws in New Hampshire, the fines go to the general fund, straight to the state. Mm-hmm. But in the the laws having to do with underage drinking, it goes directly to the municipality or oh, county. Really? So or, that's why they're motivated to do it. Right. This is one of the things I really like about the state of New Hampshire. Unlike most places, the speeding tickets don't go to the municipality. So you know, if what for whatever reason the Keene police want to raise. Rep- Avenue, they can't do it through speeding tickets. Mm. This is done all over the United States. They you know, find somebody without a state plates and they give them a ticket for whatever they feel like because they're going to get the revenue and you know the boss wants them to. But that's not the pl- that's not the case with alcohol possession. Is it only underage possession or is it stuff like open container or any alcohol related uh, crime? Well, I mean, we don't have a state open container law. It's by by town and in, in any municipality that enacts a law, the fines go to the town. Uh huh. But um, the uh, the underage drinking laws, I wouldn't have a problem with them so much if, in fact, they were grounded in actually preventing underage drinking. I mean, if you want to prevent underage drinking, what you do is you educate kids uh, and you, you know, show them respect and, you know... And, well, well, then why would you not have a problem with the uh, the underage drinking? Well, I wouldn't have... Okay, if it was based in the fact that it was actually accomplishing something other than generating revenue, I would have less of a problem with it. I still think people should be able to decide when they want to consume alcohol. And they will. Uh, and they will, and they do. And, uh, you know, there are many cases of, you know, 12-year-olds that are uh, ending up in the ER because they have alcohol poisoning. And how, how many cops drank alcohol under the age of 21. I would s- probably all of them. I bet it's all of them. Hazard a guess that it's uh, or 90, the, the 90-something percent. percent. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous hypocrisy on their part. Let me continue here, though. The story is out of a Courier-Journal from Indiana, where the Indiana State Excise Police issued 347 citations in one weekend oh my. at three different colleges. 258 at Indiana University, 57 Ball State, 32 Notre Dame. They included public intoxication, illegal consumption or possession of alcohol, and public nudity. The initiative started at the spring at IU. Is that for um, you know getting a full bladder from too much beer and then I, going behind I the don't building? Know. In an effort to, to reduce alcohol consumption among college students, said Cap, uh, Corporal Travis Thixton of the Indiana State Excise Police. It's, Has this ever worked? I mean, how many how many college students because they've gotten a ticket for? Well, now it's intensified, Mark. Now it is an intensified enforcement program. So now they are intense. They're, they're serious. Actually, they're handing out more tickets. They, they just yes. got serious now. They haven't been right. serious before. They're serious now. It just started in uh, in the springtime. So, Mark, well, this is never happened. Means that they're pulling off uh, cops from other duties is what intensified means and serious means, right? So uh, property crimes and you know they're not serious about that. Not serious about that. Well, you know, I see this. Uh, on this article you're reading, it says that one of the issues is public nudity, and mm-hmm. maybe people, you know, if they didn't have to uh, drink in places other than uh, establishments, maybe this stuff wouldn't be happening. Prohibition causes all sorts of unattended consequences, and the the what's wrong with public nudity anyway? Here we go, Ian. Well, I, I think it's rude. <laughs> I think it's dis- disruptive to. Is it is it rude when you've got your shirt off walking around? Oh, here we go. Is it rude? Uh, if you're, I would say, if you are a male, no. 
And if you're a female, I would say that a, I would say that more likely than not, a person would uh, a person not as enlight, enlightened as you, Ian, would uh, interpret that to be offensive. Well, it's not illegal. It is not, not illegal. Not in New Hampshire, at not least. Not in New Hampshire. No, it's not. It's completely legal. But I still think it's something that if you do it, it causes, it causes a lot of ire in people. And they're, you they know. need to calm down. People need to chill out. Ian just loves mammaries. himself some naked people. They're just mammaries. <laughs> I, I understand this, Ian, but... The, Get over it. The, the general Half po- of the population has them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, uh, as of Saturday, excuse me, Sunday evening, police only had figures for three of the colleges. Apparently, this program of intensified enforcement has expanded to six colleges. So they actually probably made a whole bunch more uh, arrests at the other three colleges, but they didn't have those numbers at press time. Uh, The excise police also increased patrols in the Indianapolis Broad Ripple neighborhood. Why that one neighborhood? I'm not sure. Maybe a lot of college kids live there. One of the more notable citations came at Notre Dame, where 12 people were cited for varying charges, including illegal consumption of alcohol and furnishing alcohol to a minor. Ooh. Well, look. This is absolutely ludicrous. Nobody really believes that this is going to stop young people from drinking. Do they? Is anyone listening who actually thinks, do you actually think that in a intensified enforcement program involving criminal charges, hundreds of dollars in fines, which of course over 300 plus uh, tickets is going to result in, that's a lot of money right there. I mean, if, you, if you're t- finding people 500 bucks a, uh, a pop. If finding people <laughs> stop them from drinking is all you'd have to do is fine alcoholics and then they'd stop drinking. <laughs> I mean, this is just ludicrous. Why don't we just ban alcohol? Because it's obviously such a problem. Right? It breaks up families. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You asked that question in jest, but why not? I mean, if, if that's the idea here is to stop people from drinking, why not ban alcohol? Well, if, if the prohibition policy of the government was, was based in science and reason, alcohol would be illegal, marijuana would be legal... And so would uh, countless other things. And but you point this out to people, and they just don't they just don't comprehend. You know, the, the biggest uh, excuse given for marijuana not being um, a medicinal uh, a, a, a drug for people who uh, are sick is that it's a purely recreational drug. Well, if that's the case, marijuana has never been the primary cause of a single death, and uh, Viagra causes over 2,000 deaths per year. Wow. And I would love to hear someone argue that Viagra is not a recreational drug. It's anything drug. but a recreational but drug. But fortunately for uh, the maker of Viagra, the U.S. Congress is largely uh, older white men. Right. And this drug is used by who? Older, older white, white men. men. So that's legal. Marijuana is not. Uh, it just makes no sense. Whatsoever. Let's talk to Larry in Indy, listening to WXNT. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. That is, that is so the essence of stupidity. What's that? Broad Ripple is nothing but booze joints wall to wall, you know? And then they promote here in Indianapolis, the only thing they promote is booze and fornication. Well, I want you to hang on, Larry. Hang on. We can tell me more here in a moment. We'll bring you back. 855-450-FREE, because I'd asked what Broad Ripple neighborhood where they were doing uh, the intensified enforcement crackdown. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. Your experience. Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin. 
the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals were harmed in the making of this advertisement. This is Free Talk Live. You bring in anything you want here. Toll free 855-453. The SACL CAI toll free line 1-855-450-3733. We're talking about college drinking and specifically the police and their plan to crack down. At least that's what they're doing in Indiana. And it's likely that there are similar programs in existence uh, around the country. I know they do the same thing here uh, in New Hampshire where Liquor Enforcement Board, uh, the liquor cops basically will go to local bars and harass college students and break up college parties. And it's all about uh, raising revenue, although they say it's about stopping underage drinking which, of course, anybody who's ever, you know, drank underage knows that's ridiculous. If you get caught by the cops, maybe you'll just be a little bit more careful next time. But uh, you're certainly not going to stop. Most people are not going to stop drinking underage. I'd like to hear the stories of the people who did. Yeah, right. Well, I'll just have to wait until I'm 21 for this. 855-450-FREE. What was I thinking? Uh, We did lose Larry. He just dropped off the line. We were going to continue to talk to him. He was telling us about the neighborhood in which uh, there's apparently a lot of bars. Broad Ripple. Yeah, Broad Ripple, uh, where the police cracked down this weekend, resulting in 14 citations. That number pales in comparison to the 347 citations that Indiana liquor enforcers uh, issued this weekend at just three Indiana colleges in their intensified college enforcement program. That doesn't include the other three colleges at which this program is being run, where they may have uh, issued more citations, but those numbers weren't available at press time. So you could be looking at 500 could be uh, double, yeah. young people here being issued citations for underage drinking, uh, underage drinking possession, etc. And that's a huge... I mean, I sat in that uh, courtroom this week, as I have many a time, and watched some of the arraignments in Milford, New Hampshire, and it was plenty. There were probably a good five to ten people in there that were in there for alcohol-related so-called crimes, and, and, you know, none of them... They didn't look like kids. You know, they were 19, 20 years old. This one guy was 19, but he was this hulking kind of football player-looking dude. I mean, you know these people aren't going to stop drinking. I've been to Europe three times, and uh, the first time I went, I was 18. And I remember uh, I went there with my friend, and I was all excited because I could drink, right? And it was, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And uh, the people who were there, just, you know, the, the people our age... In Europe, uh, that that we would meet. It, this was in Poland, actually. Um, they sort of looked at us like we were silly, like we were making right. such a big deal about it. Because the culture over there is they grow up, and it's not. It's they not drink like, beer. And, it's and not taboo. Meal. Yeah. It's not. It's just like if if you if you are a parent and you have a small child and you own a firearm, the worst thing that you could do is not explain to your child firearm safety mm-hmm. and and to not communicate and not because that's putting them in danger it is putting them in danger it's the same thing with alcohol i mean if you if parents take the don't do it attitude yep. and and then when their young adult goes off to college the people who are going to teach them to drink are not of the same mindset 
as parents are who care and love their children. Right. The don't drink alcohol uh, until you're 21 shtick is probably a, 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 it's probably less effective than the don't have sex until you're married shtick. Um, I, you know, Absolutely. I've actually heard that working in the past, but I haven't heard too many people you know, just deciding, well, mom and dad said not to drink until I was 21. I just, you know, maybe, maybe the parents don't push that, but here's what I don't understand. For, for one, many parents drink, and then the kids are going to you know, see them drinking. But they, you know, when you're talking about young people, who do you, who do you want teaching your young person to drink? I mean, this is an obvious no-brainer question. Ninety-something percent of the American population is going to drink at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked this up. This is some wild statistic I'm making up. Personal experience. Yeah. And I'm certain, and I'd bet everything I've got on it. Um, I mean, that you know, it just makes sense. So you want your kid to experience this important aspect of life and be taught about this important aspect of life by people who are his his or her age, mm-hmm. you know, for, by pimply-faced teenage kids that know nothing. Or worse, think, the frat brothers or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, the same people that think that, you know, they have all kinds of just stupid ideas about life that they're they're wrong about. Yeah, have, have a bunch of inexperienced morons teach your kids how to drink. That's going to work out well. Yeah, let's go to the phones. We've got Rob with us uh, listening also in Indy to WXNT. Hey, Rob. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I was going to fill you guys in on what uh, Larry was going to tell you or maybe tell you about the uh, Broad Ripple area. I don't know if you guys heard of Butler University. They've had a couple of runs to the NCAA tournament lately. They that area Broad Ripple is a big party area. Tons Mm -hmm. of bars. I mean, just one bar after another. And Butler University is very close by, so there's a lot of college kids going there off campus, and I'm sure some of them probably get busted on the way back for DUIs and public intox, walking in the streets or whatever. But it's not only college students that go there, but there is all there are a lot of young people going there every weekend, and it is I'm sure it is a big revenue maker. Public intox. Why did you call it that? Now, what do you think? Are you a law enforcement officer? <laughs> Yeah, and I did, did drink underage too. I, that was what I was going to ask you: is whether or not you drank underage. Very good. Yeah, of I appreciate that. Absolutely, appreciate we were smart. We went to a friend's house, and we were in high school. And we got our alcohol from his older brother, and we stayed in all night. We didn't go out and do. That's the smart way to do it. No absolutely, this is absolutely the smart way to do it. And I don't know. I, I would wonder a how you came about the smart way to do it because I've got to say, as a teenager, I did all the dumb things that one can do with alcohol: <laughs> blackout drinking, driving a motorcycle while intoxicated. I mean. Just all kinds of really stupid ideas, and I wonder how life would have been if somebody would have said, "Oh no, we're going to learn how to drink at home, and then you're yeah. going to go out, mm-hmm. and you know this is you know this is dangerous, and you know whatever, just teach them." I don't know, Mark. You turned out all right, <laughs> right. after know, nine years, of nine year prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but just to let you guys know, though, also, I mean, people would be really stupid to get, uh, or you know, they. they the teenagers have to be real pains in the you-know-what for me to actually want to take them to jail for underage drinking. And Well, know, I appreciate that, Rob. As long as it's in a private area, I don't care. But if you're at a, a city park or doing something stupid like that, you're just asking to be taken to jail because you're being stupid. Where, uh, uh, you know, where you are, is it actually illegal, as in you go to court and you can be penalized for being intoxicated in public? Oh, Absolutely. Really? Uh, because New Hampshire... But again, you've you got to be really stupid to draw attention to yourself. But if you are so drunk and you're walking, say you're walking in the streets, and, you got, and you can, you're, a, you're a threat to yourself, 
sometimes just somebody getting arrested and thrown in jail for the night just to sober up, and then you just get OR'd the next day and you go to court, and they order they just dismiss it because the courts are so jammed up. Sometimes it's just a way to protect them. It's not always about making money. I, I actually they have nobody to get them. There's nobody to come pick them up, and you don't want them walking down the street and get plowed in by a car. So you just send them to jail for the night. They they're drunk, they they're passed out, and then they wake up the next day and they go home, and nothing ever happens from it. So I, it's not I, everybody's getting money. I actually agree with you, except I think the emphasis should be on um, instead of taking someone to, to county jail, it should be on uh, f- finding you know some a loved one or a friend or a relative to uh, to pick take them, them home to take them home. But oh, absolutely! In this day of cell phones, you can you can go, you know you can try to have somebody call, but if no one's willing to come get them, or you can't find a way to get them, you can't just sit there all night, or you can't just let them be because then all of a sudden that person is liable. If they get hit, then boy, their, oh, yeah. their relatives will come out of the woodwork bin suing you. Yeah. Rob, do you think that, uh, I appreciate your perspective and, and I appreciate the call tonight. Do you think the liquor cops who are claiming this is about stopping underage drinking, do any of them really believe that? Um, no, I, I tell you what, years ago I interviewed with the uh, excise police and I was not impressed. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up what's on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. It's free talk live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll free and bring up whatever you want. 855 453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 855 450 3733. Maybe you want to tell us about your experience being in college and having to deal with the police. Did you ever actually beat them? Because, like we were talking about before, most college kids have no idea what their rights are. And, uh, in fact, Brad, uh, you, as, as a former police officer, at one point came to uh, Keene State College, gave a uh, presentation a little while back, uh, if I recall correctly. Yes, um, with our friend Andrew, actually. Right, was on, in the chat room. Yeah, it was on con- uh, Constitution Day we did it. And uh, that was, it's been a couple of years, so it'd be great to bring you back out and have you do that again. Because I think that sharing the ideas of liberty and more specifically how to exercise your rights because you don't have to understand liberty to understand uh, the rights that uh, that you have and can uh, utilize if you choose when it comes to encountering the police it's an important message to get to uh, to college students because they're just starting out in their lives and uh, they're they're an easy target for the police they, the cops know that they They've got money. Many of them do, or mommy and daddy have, uh, have money, and they're going to cut them a check if uh, if they bust them for some non-crime, like possession of marijuana and or possession of alcohol. I was in jail with a guy that was busted for possessing an ounce of marijuana. They raided his house in the middle of January, threw him out into the street in his boxers uh, in the middle of, you know, basically snow. <laughs> this is New Hampshire. And all of it over an ounce of pot and a scale that they found in his house. He ended up taking a plea deal, getting sentenced to, uh, I think it was like three months in jail, and then uh, probation for a few years after that. All because he sold some pot to some of his college buddies, basically. <laughs> And one of them rolled on him. So they, you know, they made some crackdown 
kind of busts in the beginning of the school year. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, they demand to know who the dealers are when they bust people, and somebody gave them up. And so, you know, telling young people about their rights is important because it can be a lesson that they can immediately benefit from and that they are being targeted by the police. And down the line, as they get older, they can continue to benefit. I mean, once you learn your rights and learn how to exercise them, that's not a lesson that goes away over time. Uh, I have a feeling that there's probably a lot of uh, law enforcement agencies in this country that rely on young adults pleading uh, guilty to to these charges. And I bet you there's a lot of law enforcement agencies that don't send the actual liquid uh, contained in a container to the state lab to, For pr- testing? to prove that it is, in fact, alcohol. Right, because we're talking about a... St- that's a great point. We're talking about a story out of Indiana where they issued 347 citations for alcohol. You know they aren't sending 347 samples to the state labs. You, I mean, in New Hampshire, the state lab is so overwhelmed that if you have, uh, you know, if you have a, a crime with a victim, you have to wait months in order to, to get <laughs> to get things back. You know, with the exception of high-profile homicide cases, you know, getting... Uh, getting a, a small sample of alcohol. I mean, it just takes so much time. Um, I mean, think about it. The police time, the court time, the, you know, the prosecutor's time. I mean, this is, this is costing the taxpayers an enormous amount of money, and it's not solving the problem of underage drinking. Well, the, the, you know, to some extent, the, the fines are paying off the, the cops' time at that point, and I think that that's what a lot of taxpayers don't care. It's like, this is just an, ex, an extra tax on young people, and, and, and they don't care, but it's interesting because Ian always advocates uh, videotaping police interactions. As they do at coplock.org. And and I think that this is a, in this circumstance, you could really have something because with a video recording of what happened, you would have, uh, you know, you'd have a a copy of the, the type of alcohol you have there. Because if the cop gets on the stand and, you know, says that I, I found the subject with a can of beer, really? What kind of beer? Uh, you know, I mean, it was 300 arrests that night. He has no idea what kind of... Well, right. And, and you know, if he makes, makes something up, like the cop did in my case with the, uh, the car, uh, you know, a speeding ticket, I said, what color's the car? He said, uh, maroon. You know, <laughs> he just made something up. Well, right. He, you, uh, didn't you make it so he couldn't look at his notes during his testimony? I attempted to do that, yeah. Well, right, because otherwise they'll just look at their notes and answer off of their notes. They didn't have any notes for that. That's good. And he said that I had no passengers in the car. My mother was in the car. But in he, some cases... He didn't remember the incident at all. Like, I have I have seen them, like in the case with uh, some of the, the free state or some of the uh, liberty activists up here that got arrested for open container. They did keep the, uh, the, op- you know, the container in that case because they knew it was going to go to trial. But in the case of these uh, college students, you're absolutely right, Brad. They know they're not going to take them to trial. They know that 99% of them take the plea deal. Maybe even 100% of them take the plea deal. It's going to be darn close to 100%. And so if they have to, you know, if, if one of those college students or 10 of them were to say, you know, let's go to trial, not guilty. And all, You're going to have to prove this. They would be in a real bind. And all they would be asking is that the government perform its constitutionally required function, right. which is to prove your job. A, to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And this is why I have such a problem with plea bargaining, because plea bargaining causes innocent people to be incentivized to plead guilty, and it causes guilty people who have legitimately hurt people to have a lesser sentence. And it, it just creates all sorts of problems, and I think, I think it should be eliminated. So it's important to get the idea out there for folks that, uh, you know, it'd be great if they eliminated plea bargaining. But in the meantime, uh, people that are busted for piddly stuff like this should go for not guilty and take it to trial. And 
you know, see what happens. Even, Maybe it'll convict you anyway. But. Even if you don't want to argue your case, the, uh, the state still has an obligation, or excuse me, or the government has an obligation to prove its case. And right. uh, if if there's any judge presiding who uh, is halfway competent, if th- the state is not able to prove that it is actually liquor, I mean, it could be Hawaiian punch. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, it just if, smells funny. It, yeah, any judge worth their salt will require that the uh, the state prove that it's alcohol. Let's go to the phones. Matt is in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Matt. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, well, you're talking about uh, college drinking and these people um, getting busted. And it just yep. so happens that in the uh, Chicago Sun-Times today, they published a list of the top 20 party schools. And I thought you might be interested in hearing what some of the top 20 party schools are it uh was ranked by the princeton review i know unh is in there uh, unh yep i uh, no, i didn't see it in there oh, really? oh actually uh, i think unh was in playboy's top uh playboy magazine's top how do they schools. rate this stuff <laughs> the amount uh, of arrests i have no <laughs> idea it's it's let's see it's in the <laughs> article somewhere but it's a long article and i don't think you want me reading through it the, the, the top school, the top uh, party school is West Virginia University, according to Princeton Review, in Morgantown. And then the second is University of Iowa, and Ohio University fell to number three. It was the top school last year. Oh, they've got to take it back. Where? They've oh, got to take it back. Ohio? Yeah. Why Ohio? Ohio University. Who knows? University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, which is my alma mater, came in four, and I'm very disappointed. Staggered into fourth. I think, <laughs> I, I think we got to work hard here. Now. What, but, the, what I want to know is what party, uh, excuse me, what college is not a party school? Um, they have the top 20 most sober schools also, right under Stone Cold Schools. And the number one Stone Cold Sober School is Brigham Young University. Uh-huh. <laughs> in Utah. Hey, uh, Matt, anything else you want to share tonight? Number two is, is Wheaton College in Wheaton, which is right near where I live. And that was at a, uh, also a very Christian school. Yeah, I school. see. Three and four are U.S. Naval Academy and U.S. Coast Guard Academy. Interesting. Now, that is a list I've never heard of before because they make these party school lists all the time. But I've never heard the sober school list. I get some chick that was willing to take her top off there. Come on. Some interview her. People, midshipmen at the Naval Academy deserve a drink. Come on. Matt, thanks for the call tonight. I agree, but, you know, I'm just going by what what the uh, list says here. I'll bet the people that do go to the Naval Academy and they went to West Point and those kind of places are probably more career oriented. They've, they're pretty clear about what they want to do, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're, they're on board from a philosophical standpoint. You know, academics doesn't have this kind of, uh, of the allure that the military does in sort of you know getting people on board to be you know tough and rugged and choose not to. I would also wonder how many of those actually got into trouble and therefore went to uh, the military to get themselves out of trouble. Matt, thanks for the call and sharing that tonight. I appreciate it. 855-453. I don't think they do that anymore, especially not for officers. That's the toll-free number here. Uh, by the way, we if we get a chance, we'll get to the veteran-rated story in the remaining moments, but we'll also take your calls about anything you want. 1-855-450-3733. You take control. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. 
You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. We're here in the remaining moments, but still enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call now. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Bradley. And Mark. Tell me something important, Mark. Oh, well, Seals with Clubs is online bitcoin poker people are excited about this oh yeah i mean this is this is probably the single biggest advertiser sort of debut we've had on free talk live i mean seals with clubs has done really well and that means there's a lot of people over there to play poker with and you know the, the united states government has made it illegal to uh, for banking organizations to do business with online gambling organizations so they it's very difficult to, to gamble online with cash but if you go to bitinstant.com you can turn your cash into bitcoins and then you can gamble with bitcoins the real online currency you can buy stuff from statelesssuites.com and many other places mm. many of our advertisers but i went over there i did it before they you take your online gambling winnings and go buy some drugs i didn't you could with the uh, silk road <laughs> i silk didn't road. Win a, i actually won one hand out of the several that i lost so i didn't uh, win any money but i did go over i cashed in i played and I cashed out without the person from sealswithclubs.eu even knowing that I was there. So I just wanted to make sure that what the experience was like for the average individual. Mm-hmm. And that way I can say, you know, the, the deposits are instant. That much is true. Cash outs happen all on the same day. And if you don't have any bitcoins yet, you can come check it out. They have free tournaments every hour that pay bitcoins to the winner. So, I mean, Hang really, on. what do you free want? Free tournaments? Yeah. You can play poker for free and win bitcoins and wow. then play poker with the bitcoins and, and win more and, bitcoins. and win more bitcoins you get more money you cash out you make cash or lose money because it is gambling well it, it, whatever i but just you said, can't you lose can. if there's a tournament you can enter where you don't have to pay and you can win a tournament you can win bitcoins without paying to get in the tournament that's correct Wow. That's that's mind-boggling to me. It is. Sealswithclubs.eu. All right. 855-450-FREE. Shane's in Tennessee listening to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Shane. What's going on tonight, fellas? We're doing a radio show. What are you doing? I'm driving down the road. I'm just trucking. Nice. All right. Thanks for your service, man. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to discuss uh, a recent encounter with some uh, local... uh, Deputies in uh, Chester County, uh, Tennessee. Uh, I was raised up in Nashville, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm used to dealing with uh, some uh, aggressive police force, but uh, I moved to West Tennessee. I live out in the country. For the most part, you know, you get pulled over by a law enforcement official for speeding, and they tell you, you know, we don't like writing tickets. Slow down. That was my experience. But, you know, That's not I always the case with small towns. Some of them make their revenue off of uh, giving well, people speeding tickets. Well, I understand that, you know, um, but I, I recently moved to the county over and uh, was pulled over one night. Um, my tags was out, you know. Uh, uh, deputy pulled me over and uh, come up to the car. And, you know, I first, first question out of his mouth was, where do I know you from? I said, well, sir, you don't know me from anywhere, I don't imagine. I said, I just, I moved to the area, so... He said, well, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, well, no, sir. He said, well, your your tags was out. And I, I said, well, you know, I just haven't had the money to 
to uh, to get them yet. And he asked for a uh, license registration, and I, I provided, you know, kept my hands on the steering wheel, yes sir, no sir, polite. And the next thing out of his mouth was, would you mind stepping out of the vehicle? Why, yes, I yes, think, I would mind. I'd like to stay right where I am. It's funny you should well, ask. That, that, that's what I wanted to pick your guys' heads about tonight. I feel like that's where I kind of messed up in this whole in this whole situation. So I, I said, yes, I would. So I stepped out and he said, place your hands on the vehicle. So I placed my hands on the vehicle and he, he proceeds to pat me down and, and question me about, you know, warrants, drugs, the vehicle, alcohol, whatnot. You know, I said, I don't use drugs, I don't drink. Uh, have you ever been arrested? Yes, sir, but I don't understand what that's got to do with this. What have you been arrested for? So, uh, you know, I proceed to tell him, you know, uh, public intoxication, disorder, you know, just stay on the list thing. He said, oh, is this an arrest? Well, you want to fight me tonight? Oh, man. No, yeah, no, sir, I don't. He said, uh, well, can you, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. He says, can we search your truck? I said, no, sir, you can. I said, last time I checked, you had to have a warrant to do that. It's about 8 o'clock at night. I said, you want to call the judge at his house and uh, and have a have a search warrant? I said, search that all along. I said, well, without a warrant, I said, you don't touch my truck. So at this point, he just kind of lost. You know, he didn't he didn't address it much anymore. So you know, now I had another county and city come up. And at this point, I'm pretty alright. And uh, he goes back to his vehicle, and he, uh, the other two officers was you know asking me what my problem was. They were, they were pretty respectful. I said, well, you know, you have to treat me like I'm. You know, common criminal. I said, you know, write me my ticket for my tags and let me go on. So after standing out in the rain and they passed my license around, you know, trying to trying to run me, he finally brings back me a ticket, issues me a citation, and uh, so I start questioning. Him. I said, what's what's the problem with the warrant? You you wasn't able to obtain a warrant to search my truck. I said, what's all this about? I said, you're harassing me tonight, man. He said, let me explain something to you. He said, I asked you if you minded stepping out of the vehicle. He said, when I asked you that. You minded and you stepped out. He said, "That gives me the right to search you." I said, "So you're telling me if I told you no, I mind? I'd rather just sit right here that I could sit in my vehicle." He said, "That's what I'm telling you." Um, so, I'm surprised he was that honest with you, Brad. As a former cop, what do you what do you have to say to well, that? Were you driving a 53 foot like dry van trailer, or what I was your? I was in my personal vehicle. It was uh, it was you know uh, maybe part of the dish. You know, it's the old 95 model pickup. You know, the driver's door. Okay. Well, the um, the police in the United States can't pat you down unless you consent to it, or in, they give you a Terry search, though, right? Right. But in order to do, a, it's called a Terry search. Terry the Ohio. actual case is Terry v. Ohio, which is the uh, basically sets the standard for when police can do this. They have uh-huh. to have a reason, such as if you keep putting your hands in your pockets, if you have something bulging under your coat, uh, simply because you uh, agreed to step out of the vehicle on your own accord. Yeah, I didn't think that gave him the right to does, do it. does not give them the right to pat you down like that. I, I would imagine this officer does that as a matter of course. It's unconstitutional and illegal, and you probably could sue him for it. Um, if you had the time and the if money. If you had the time and the money or the, the legal know-how, I mean, if, if you don't know how to do it, it's going to cost you probably five grand for a retainer. But, yeah, I mean, the police just Did can't... the cop argue that he consented to it, though, by no. doing uh, as he was told? No. Of course not. He was, uh, he was an, uh, I don't mean to cut y'all off, but I'll maybe give you a little bit more information. And I also had a, uh, an argument with the sheriff. You know, I called, tried to argue with the sheriff about it, but I'll get to that point in a second. But I spoke with a, I work with a, a guy where I work. He's a part-time truck driver, but he's also a, a cop. And I spoke to him about it, and he tells me that the law is, 
that they're allowed to pat you down, but they're not allowed to stick their hands in your pocket. And if they feel something, he said, even if we feel uh, something like a pill bottle, we're not allowed to stick our hands in there and check out the pills. He said, if we feel something that feels like a weapon, that gives us the right to, to go in your pocket. But, um... Well, there is something that's there's something that's called the plain feel doctrine, which is kind of like the plain view doctrine, where the, if the police walk up and see you have like a, a brick of tar heroin in the back of your car, I mean the police can le- the police can legally seize it. But um, if if they're patting you down and they feel something that instantly they realize is illegal, then they can take it. But again, in order for them to have their hands on you in the first place, they need to meet the requirements of uh, of uh, a lawful Terry pat or you ha- uh, consent to it. Uh, so, but did Shane make the mistake uh, when he got out of his vehicle in the first place? Was um, that- I, I think Shane's probably just a, a, a nice guy, and if you're a trucker, you're used to dealing with police all the time. Um, right. As a matter of course, and um, you know, this officer obviously was was looking to uh, to give you a hard time for. You know, but would he have been able to give him as hard a time no, if he had, had stayed he in the car? Stepped out? No. He, he, what would you have said? If, if the cop said the same thing to you, Brad, would you mind stepping out of the vehicle? What would you have done? Well, said? well I'm a little atypical. Um, I would say, sure, and I'd get out of the car and say, what's going on? You know, But that's just me. Um, but to anyone who's concerned about protecting themselves from from police action i mean i did this for 11 years so i'm a little bit less concerned about it than other people uh, i would just advise being polite and respectfully declining and uh not right. get, not- Shane, thanks for the call man i appreciate your story uh tonight thank you for making it uh, here 855-450-FREE also want to remind you uh, brad is running for sheriff You've, uh, it's an interesting campaign. You're up against an incumbent in a primary in the n- northernmost portion of New Hampshire, which actually ended up voting for Ron Paul. Ron Paul actually won in this county uh, in the primary. And so it's an interesting case. Where can people go to help you with your campaign? Yeah, um, we uh, stand a really good chance of winning this seat. And um, obviously, this campaign isn't about me. It's about uh, the you know the ideas of the people of Coas County who largely supported uh, Dr. Ron Paul. We need all the financial assistance we can get, and um, if you go to www.bradforsheriff.com, uh, F-O-R, not the number four, there's a chip in. So if, if anyone out there uh, can assist us, we'd appreciate it very much. I did Excellent. it. You did it. I did. Bradforsheriff.com. Thank you. All right. Uh, back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. And don't forget our Twitter and Facebook options as well. Twitter.freetalklive.com to follow us on Twitter. And Facebook.freetalklive.com to take you to our Facebook page. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.